Hello and welcome to the Outdoor Gibbon podcast. This is the first podcast we hope to record and hopefully there'll be many more. The plan is to keep them light, entertaining, share experiences, possibly some interviews. But um, we'll also be open to suggestions and other things. And we'll go from there and uh, see how we get on. So let's get started. My name is Peter and I live in the northeast of Scotland. My first experience with field sports and shooting probably all starts back at the age of 10 at school. Um, it would have been two two LRs at the time, single shots, no sound moderators, open sights. Uh, we would, I always remember it well, we used to collect the guns from the, the, the school safe. You'd take them upstairs, put them, lay them into the back of the teacher's car. Uh, four of us at a time would only go shooting, so you'd have a spotter and a shooter. We would drive for about a mile into the village uh, to a small gun range tucked behind the local pub. Um, yeah, it, it was just it was a different world back then. So you'd, you'd go inside, guns would be laid down on the mat, muzzles pointing down the range. Um, we would stand back and wait. You'd all be given a, a small wooden block with 10 holes drilled in it, which were perfect holes for holding 10 rounds of 2-2LR. Um, we'd walk down the range, place out your target, come back, get yourself into a comfortable position, ear defenders on, your person next to you would be your spotter looking down the spotter scope, and you'd shoot your 10 rounds, um, clear the range, go down, collect your target, come back, get it scored by the teacher, the next target would go up, do the same again, and yeah, highest scores, you won house points for the house, and, and that was my probably my first real experience of a firearm and getting myself hooked on shooting. I loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. So time goes by, uh, move up, move school, secondary school, had the opportunity there to get involved with clay pigeons for some reason I didn't want to I had other things that I wanted to do and experiences and stuff like that I think technology computers were coming into play and that was it I was kind of hooked on my electronics and stuff so didn't really get on with the clay pigeon side of things and, and it kind of stayed and went away and moved on to university probably didn't really get back into shooting until sort of my end of my time at university when I think I bought a a G10 repeater air pistol. Oh, it was great. It fired gat darts, it fired ball bearings. It wasn't really anything you were going to use for pest control or, or anything serious. It was more just a bit of fun. I then remember buying my first air rifle. It was a Springer, uh, silver and black Kamerta, a real twangy old 2-2 air rifle. Um, yeah, open sights to start with. Eventually got myself a telescopic sight on it. And that's where it really got hooked. I would I would be plinking away in the garden at all times, really enjoying it. And and yeah, it was it was good fun. As time goes by and you get a bit more money, and my business was doing well, I finally bit the bullet and bought my first pre-charged pneumatic air rifle, uh, BSA Super Ten, uh, short barrel, sound moderator. Uh, it had a cheap scope on it, uh, ten shot magazine. But again, it was something you could get out and the accuracy was absolutely phenomenal. 
So I always remember it was the chap up the road. He had uh, he had air rifles. He was a, a welder, so he'd fabricated his own uh, aluminium stock for one of his air rifles. And and yeah, it was he, he was basically the person that that got me into the pre-charge pneumatic. And then we started shooting and and doing things. And he he had a dive compressor, so he could recharge my buddy bottle on my gun. So I'd always pop up and see him. Eventually, I bought myself a dive cylinder making life easier so I didn't have to always be running up the road to get a, a, a top-up and a charge. The pre-charge was a changing point. It was an accurate tool that you never really missed unless you were you would, you had done something wrong, the user. The actual air rifle's accuracy was, was pellet on pellet. So from this point, it was an interest then that shotguns came back into play and going and shooting clays... So applications went in for a shotgun certificate and that was granted and I went out and I bought a very old Bakel side-by-side with ejectors, but that was my first shotgun. I picked it up while we were down south in down in Surrey um, and yeah, went and did a clay day, got invited to some sim days and, and that kind of got me hooked back into in the shooting sports in that way so that was the first real firearm that actually fired a powder charge rather than than an air charge so now i had an air rifle i had a shotgun um started getting used to talking to people on on shooting forums and things like that i think those back in the time when the shooting forums were the real way facebook wasn't that popular as as a thing and i hadn't really developed that much so you had things like the air gun bbs and it, it linked you to people that were in your area. You'd get talking and you'd find out that they were just down the road or something like that. So suddenly I met a group of like-minded people that wanted to go out shooting. So we'd meet up, uh, you'd go and shoot some rabbits on their land or something along those lines. And so friendships developed and suddenly you had people with the, like-minded people with the same interest. We also seemed to drink a lot of tea. I don't know what it was, but there was something about going out to shoot rabbits. It was always done under the cover of darkness with a lamp, but it would always end up with being sat back in somebody's car or uh, somebody's little shooting hut or something like that, drinking tea, chatting rubbish. But it was it's how you develop these friendships that um, that last sort of for years and years and years. So going forward, where did this take me then? Obviously now... I was able to go out and go rabbiting and uh, basic clay days and we could go off and we helped with some beating at a local pheasant shoot with the possibility of a beater's day at the end of it. Well, at this point then you get the bug and you get people talking about rifles and rimfires and the 17 HMRs. So an application went in for a shotgun, a firearm certificate at this point with a 2.2 rimfire and a 17 HMR and I think I put in for a centerfire because I was going to be like well I'm going to go after foxes and possibly deer. This got granted, it was another shopping spree out, bought a CZ, CZ 2.2 and a CZ 17 and I think I then ended up with a Tika 2.4.3 and that was it, I was set, I could do all of this. Now, the boys who I shot with mostly were only interested in using their 2.2s and the 17s and just going out for the rabbits at a bit further distance because the air rifles, we could we could shoot lots of rabbits with air rifles, but it was all close range stuff. So now we could push out to the boundaries and we could get a rabbit at 80 yards. 
And I, I kind of had this bit of a bug that I wanted to get on and I wanted to get into deer. I wanted to shoot some deer. So from this point, I had a 243, tuned it all up, got the right ammunition and thought, right, I now need to go on and get myself sorted so that I can get into deer. So doing lots of research, asking questions, finding out from Basque, uh, it was going to be, I wanted to go and do a deer stalking certificate level one. Where was the best place to do it? Signed up with Basque and then find out that just up the road from me, we've got Dave Streatham, Donington Deer Management. So phone Basque up, change it all around, end up going and sitting and doing my DSC one with David Streatham at the Donington Deer Management Park. Possibly one of my most life-changing experiences. Sat there around the table, brilliant, brilliant course, but you get to meet people. So I'll get chatting away end up chatting to another guy doing it that goes shooting an island from that it develops that we develop a friendship end up going off and chasing seeker deer around island for the next 10 years um yeah it's strange how you you have these brief encounters with people but obviously it opens doors and and things move on i think in life every every meeting has a has a reason so obviously my deer days got started by meeting meeting the guys and going to Ireland then an opportunity came up for me with work to move to the northeast of Scotland it took a few years to to make that happen but when we finally did rocked up up here uh, got involved with a couple of the local shoots from there with work I got talking to people and and managed to secure some some stalking land Um, that kind of grew then I started up a pheasant syndicate uh, which ran for 12 months and then the syndicate there was a was disagreements in the syndicate but out of that I managed to get some more land that's developed and we now run a small shoot on there so this in turn ended up with me helping out on a rearing field um, getting more more experience about pheasants etc eventually now with my engineering skills I've helped set up the uh, incubators, the hatchery, all the plumbing, all the electrical work, electrics up there, uh, gas supplies out onto the rearing field, uh, and that's just taken us sort of to the next level. So I now have a more of an understanding of how a pheasant goes from an egg all the way through out to a game bird, which we're delivering a high-quality bird to to a high-end pheasant shoot. Deerland has kind of picked up because people know who I am. So now manage a couple of forestry blocks, well, three or four different owners, different blocks of forestry, keeping a, an eye on the deer populations and doing some management for those. This in turn has allowed me now to offer deer days to people, but it's more people that haven't shot, the novices that want to get involved in stalking, have a go, something different. So I can give back because at the end of the day, a lot of my opportunities were right place, right time, meeting people and and that experience. And I think the world changed where everybody's out to make monetary value out of things now. So if I can offer something to somebody or give somebody an experience, I think it's it's really worthwhile being able to do. But again, it's just time and, and being able to help people when they need it. So the next idea was to develop a bit of a social media presence realistically to share my experiences and allow people to see what we do there's obviously there's a huge number of fake profiles and people that pretend they do countryside activities and sports and deer stalking etc mine's pretty much down to earth my instagram feed is things that actually happen on a daily basis 
uh, it was the best way to be able to share that experience with people but hopefully raise questions and then be able to offer people an experience if somebody wanted to come stalking and they asked me about do you have any robux or do you have any row stalking happy days no problem yep come up shoot a deer i've got no issues with that but you're not just going to shoot a deer i'm going to take you through the whole process so my butchery was taught to me by uh, one of the guys I went to Ireland with and gradually I've developed the skill and I've practiced I've spoken to a friend that's a butcher and picked up more information but you're going to come out shoot a deer and you're going to do the whole thing it's not just going to be a case of pulling the trigger we're going to stalk it we're going to find it you're going to shoot it you're going to take it back to the larder potentially you're going to butcher it and you're going to go home and eat the venison even if we don't pull the trigger Again, it's just getting the experience and actually being out and doing the field craft that's the most important part. And I think that's getting lost nowadays with all the modern tech that people are using, like thermals and and different things. So, yeah, it's just trying to give everybody an opportunity to, um, to go back to basics. So that's basically, in a nutshell, who the outdoor gibbon actually is. So what's the aim to go forward? Well, the aim is to bring you these podcasts that are going to look at a variety of topics, uh, be it just a stalking experience where I've taken somebody out, going through the whole thing, uh, talking to other people about maybe stalking, shooting, conservation, um, trying to get some interviews lined up as time goes by. Um, we've, We've got a number of podcasts, ideas noted down already. So we'll take those ideas forward put a bit of meat on the bones and hopefully be able to bring you a a number of other podcasts that will be interesting uh we hope to get information and feedback from you hopefully you'll enjoy what you're listening to and want more and and that way we can develop this and and try and bring things that are relevant to field sports etc and see where we go so we'll close this podcast and just say thank you very much for listening it's a short podcast i didn't want to bore you too much but just give you a bit of an overview as to who I was and who you're going to be listening to in the future. Um, Hopefully uh, you'll come back, you'll maybe subscribe, you'll leave some feedback and uh, yeah, we can can go forward on on this journey and see where it leads to. That was the first Outdoor Gibbon podcast. I hope to release my podcast every two weeks, but with work pressures and everything that's going on, It may well be two, three or four weeks, but keep checking back and hopefully at some point there'll be another one for you to listen to. Thanks very much.